life where he is a pastor for us and he has been guiding us. Thank you for his dedication, for the time, Lord, that he, he puts in order to get all things together and to, to guide us through. This morning, all what he has got in his heart from you, Lord, may your Holy Spirit be the one who guides him and um, empowers him to release with power what you have placed in his heart. This morning, Lord, through the word that we are going to listen, that we may be strengthened and perhaps some people touched and renewed. Uh, and Lord, uh, we pray for your Holy Spirit to do what you have to do. Every time that your word is shared, things happen, Lord. Light overcomes darkness. So this morning, we just pray that that word will bring light to all those who will be listening and will be a blessing and a transforming life session. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Dave, over to you. Morning. Thank you, Letty. Anybody excited about Christmas? There's a few cheers in the room. Anybody excited about Christmas? Yes. I'll tell you what, there are little children who are excited about Christmas. There's an expectation in the air. There's an expectation in the air. And this is the time to talk about expectation. You know, I, I don't know what you're like, but right now I would say, if I'm honest with you, my expectations are down. Just because of life. Just because of stuff. Just because of things happening. And you know, if, if you measured my expectation monitor, if I've got such a thing, and maybe you've got such a thing, mine's probably pretty low right now. Because I'm not, I'm not thinking far ahead. I'm not thinking big picture. I'm not thinking, wow, something great's going to happen. I'm just looking a few steps ahead. And the Psalms say this. Psalm 121 says this. Lift my eyes to look to the hills from whence cometh my help. Do you know there's something about lifting our eyes up that is really powerful? There is something empowering to looking further ahead. Um, if you've ever noticed someone who becomes very uncertain about their walk, you know, somebody's broken a leg, somebody of, of an older generation who starts to become uncertain on their feet, they start to look at their feet. They're looking at their feet, and they're maybe looking six inches or a foot ahead. No more. The head is down, and they're looking at their feet, thinking, I don't want to stiff up. Uh, trip over a paving slab or a curb or something in, 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 on the ground. So they're looking at their feet. And you can see videos where people who are walking with their head down walk into lampposts and these kind of things. You might laugh at it. I guess if, if it's somebody who was just on their mobile phone, you think, serve them right. They should be paying more attention to the world. But for someone who's maybe an older generation who's less stable on their feet, actually that's just the way they live. They're just looking a few feet ahead. Do you know what? Sometimes we can be so much more ready for something. If you've ever seen somebody walking at speed down a pavement and somebody shuffling along, there is a moment where you think, there's going to be a crash. And you don't know who's going to get the biggest surprise. The person who's walking quickly or the person who's walking slowly who's focusing quite locally. I just want to encourage us all to lift our eyes up a little bit. Lift them up and see further ahead and just have some expectation. Because expectation comes from looking forward. 
If I asked you to be expectant and drive your car and look in the rearview mirror, firstly, you'd tell me that was crazy, only looking in the rearview mirror, but there would be no expectation either. It would always be, well, it would be after the event. And you know what it's like when we do things after the event. We're always playing catch-up. We're always having to justify who we are and what we're doing. So I want to talk about expectation. Now, why would I talk about expectation? Well, here's a scripture that I, uh, I might click through this, Simon, just to, to keep the flow on this. That's all right. Um, from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having rejoiced in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who, who was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I don't know what you... Just, I, this story I always find so fascinating. There she was, betrothed to be married, but she'd never been with a man. We know what that means. And now the angel's telling her, you're going to be pregnant. Now, often when people are looking forward to having children, there's an expectation. They're trying to have children, you know, that, that's the intention. But she wasn't ready for that yet. She wasn't, she wasn't yet married. Hadn't been with a man. Then the angel comes and says, you're going to bear a son. Says, How can this be? Because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Now, I don't know what kind of expectation you might have had in these moments. Expectation is going to be pregnant before she's married. Ah, that's not good. Then expectation, I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to be carrying a child. And then, this is a gift from God. The revelation, I, I can just imagine her chin being on the floor going, uh, 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 I, don't know whether, I don't know whether you've ever met an angel. But you know what? Most of what I read in scripture, whenever there's an angel, there's a chin on the floor. There's people who struggle to say, we don't know what, and, and what's the angel's first response? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. 
Do you know, and I think God reminds us at this season too. To, and I want to say to each one, those listening, those listening later, those in the room, do not be afraid. Let faith arise today. Let faith arise in your spirit. Let faith arise in your walk. Let faith arise in your expectation. For God is with us. I'll say that again. God is with us. Just like God was with Mary, God is with us by his Holy Spirit. And she then says, right at the end of that scripture, behold the maid so she recognized she was going to be serving God in an amazing and incredible way. Let it be according to your word. You have spoken, let it be so. Now I think that's, that's a real insight into faithfulness there. It's a real insight into hearing God and saying, okay, you've spoken God, let it be. And I know I'm going to be in the middle of that because I'm going to carry that child. How many times has God spoken to you and you've kind of gone, yeah, I'd like to see that happen, but could you pick somebody else, please? Could, could it be somebody else? Could, could you bring ten other people to come and help me to do it? I mean, just imagine if Mary had said, well, no, I don't want to do it on my own. Can you bring ten others to do this? Well, how does that work? I mean, I know God's a miracle-working God, but I can't work out how that could happen. It was just one precious lady who was given the gift to bear forth a son and call him Jesus. So, expectation and expectancy. Let's click on onto the next scripture, please, Simon. Thank you. In Isaiah... 43 verse 19 because this was not something she'd experienced it's not it wasn't her second child or a third child she wasn't even yet married she wasn't even thinking of i guess she wasn't thinking about having children at that time and i just want to say when god speaks i want you to think about this particular scripture from isaiah 43 verse 19 behold i will do a new thing now it springs forth Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Where there was nothing, there will now be something. Where there was no child, there will be a child. Where there was desert, there will be um, springs in the desert. Now, I don't know how many of the people who are listening today have actually been deep into a desert. I haven't. But I I do know from studying deserts when I was an undergraduate that if you go deep into the desert, suddenly water becomes a very, very, very important thing. Camels camels come into the Christmas story, don't they? Have you got camels out for Christmas? Our our leather camels come out and sit on the fireplace every Christmas. And I I think, I guess they're associated with the wise men. We never managed to get camels to the open air nativity in Egan. We managed to get llamas a few times, which was kind of the closest thing we could get, but we never got camels. But, uh, you know, camels are known as ships of the desert. And why? Because they have the ability to go without water for a long time. They carry, and they have the ability to go for a long time. So water is precious in the desert. So when we read here in Isaiah, I'm doing a new thing. Water will spring forth. Rivers, not just a pond, not just an oasis, a river in a desert. And if you, if you think this is crazy, then just go and look at rivers in deserts. Type it into a Google search and find out, and you will see when, when it rains, you know, some of the most destructive forces in the world are when it rains in a desert. 
because it's so dry that the water, when it comes, just washes stuff away. And that's where wadis come from, those deep channels that have been worn away by the rain. And when it comes, and it comes very rarely, stuff springs forth out of the ground. Where were those seeds? How did that happen? If you, if you watch the speeded up videos, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, behold, I do a new thing. And I want to declare this prophetically uh, today. I, I believe God's saying as we step into 2022 that God is going to do a new thing. God is going to do a new thing for you. But we've got to come with hearts of expectancy. You know, if, 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 we, if we don't listen to God, then he's going to keep on knocking on our hearts saying, I've got something I want to tell you. I'm busy at the moment. Sorry, God. Can you come back later? Behold, I do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Not, not, not just hear it. Shall you not know it? Expectancy. When there's an expectant heart, when God speaks, there's a real readiness. Let's go on to the next scripture. So, In Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 and 17, you'll get the theme of where I'm going to with this. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away at the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put a new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, if you want to put new wine in old wineskins, you have to spend a lot of time putting oil into the leather to loosen it up again. If you've ever tried to do it, you might do this as you step into January. You might step into, okay, I'm going to do a little bit more exercise. You know, put a few pounds on over the Christmas period. And, you know, we all do those New Year resolution type things. And we're going to go to the gym and we're going to keep a bit fitter in January. I'll tell you what, the first few times you do that, you come up and you go, oh, did I really do that? Why did I do that? Because we, we haven't prepared ourselves. We haven't stretched and warmed up and prepared our bodies for that new regime of exercise. I'm not saying don't do it, but prepare for it. And so if we hear God saying, I'm going to do a new thing, we need to prepare ourselves. If you sense this is for you, if you sense that 2022 is going to be a place for new things, then prepare your heart, firstly, Yes, Lord, I'm ready. Whatever you want to say to me. Prepare your mind. Well, okay, our minds are just as inflexible as our muscles. We can get stuck in tracks of thoughts. And then a new thought can come along and go, no, no, I can't can't work with that. It doesn't work for me. Thank you very much. We need to bring flex. I think it's called plasticity in the brain, that we bring a flexibleness to our thinking. Our neural networks start to run differently. For anybody who's had... A revelation. And I'm not necessarily talking about a heavenly revelation, but you've had one of those aha moments when you've gone, oh. If you watch some of those amazing films, you suddenly realize how uh, DNA works, or you suddenly realize how things grow, or you've seen a, a baby in a, a scan in a womb. Um, I remember Julia telling me about um, how... Um, watching how babies in wombs respond to the mother smoking. They're literally a video of a child in there, in the womb, and then the the woman inhales the smoke, and you see the child trying to get away. 
in the womb. And, and that, that just for me makes me even more passionate about saying, I'm not a fan of smoking. You know, just, I just look at it and think, ah! You know, so that revelation, that aha moment changes my thinking. But sometimes new thinking hits against old thinking. And we have to adapt and we have to get used to it. You know, let me give you an example as we're talking about expectation. When a new baby arrives in your household, for those who've had children, or those who've been aunts and uncles or grandparents, when a new baby arrives, everything changes. It doesn't matter how much, I mean, you've had nine months warning, you know it's on its way. You know, the bump is there and you know it's coming. And you know all the theories about babies and you know how, you, you maybe even go to antenatal classes and do all that stuff. But then the first night, what do we do? Is the baby crying because it's hungry? Is it wanting its nappy change? Is it, what? You know, suddenly, you know, you see these weary parents walking around with their eyes kind of heavy because they've struggled to sleep. And so, even though there's been nine months of preparation, even though, or maybe even longer, and nine months of getting ready, <laughs> they still have to change their brains. They still have to change their thinking. It now becomes a baby-centered world, certainly for quite a few days. And that's why I'm so grateful that there's paternity leave now. I think, I think it's a great thing to have mums and dads involved in bringing up their children, and particularly for dads to understand just how stressful night feeds are and those kind of things. Behold, I do a new thing. And if God says he's going to do a new thing, let's get ready for it. Let's read on about new things then. As we read in... Uh, Psalm, yes, yes, I just Psalm 144. I will sing a new song to you, O God, on a harp of ten strings, and I will sing praises to you. David wrote 150 songs. They're in the book of Psalms, and he was a great worshipper. A great response to God is to burst forth in praise and worship. When something new happens, ha, ah, hallelujah. I've spent a little time singing, and Julie's done a lot more of it, singing to Eddie, you know, and uh, you know, John and Sophie's little one. And uh, he loves the singing. He gets a smile on his face. And it's worth, it's worth, even if you've got a croaky voice, even if you feel like you're not singing very well, you sing a little bit, and this great big smile appears on this little baby's face, and you think, yes, I'll sing some more. I wonder what God's like when we sing a new song. Do you think we get just as big a beam from God? Have you sensed God smiling upon you as you sing a new song, as you respond to the new thing that he's doing? Think of men. We know. I've, I think I read it last Sunday or the Sunday before last. Um, you know, Mary's response was known as the Mary's song. You know, it, it's an evening song, traditional evening song in Anglican churches. It's, it's sung every, every Sunday evening. So, are you ready to sing a new song? Sing praises, maybe with the strings, maybe with the drum, maybe just on your own a cappella. But let's be ready to sing. Let's think about some more new things too. As we go on to look at Psalm 40, verse 3. Because where has that song come from? He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to you, O God. Now, that song is not just a tune. It's words as well. When God puts a song in our hearts, then let's burst forth and let it out. There's something more about speaking and saying something. 
I've asked people, uh, I've asked a number of people in the last month or so uh, whether they've, they've done some thinking about a particular... Oh, yes, I've done it up here, Dave. I said, okay, do you know what? Can you tell me about it? Or can you write it down? So, no, no, I've done the work, Dave. Said, okay, well, tell me about it or write it down. Well, what, why? If I've done the work, what does it matter? I said, well, because as soon as you speak it out, it becomes something different. In here, it's all soft and mushy. You kind of got a feeling, you know... You know, if, if, if it said, you know, what do you feel about a special person in your life? Your mum, your dad, husband, wife, child, daughter. What do you feel about? Well, they know I love them. I show them I love them. But have you said it? Have you spoken it out? What shape does it take? Is it just one word, son, I love you? Is it, daughter, you're the most precious child in my, in my world. I love you with all my heart. You know, what is it? Speak it out and see what comes out. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Scripture says that. So when God puts a new song in our hearts, let's let it out. Write it down. Draw it, if that's your way of expression. Sing it if you want to. Because you know what? It becomes something more than just a mushy thought. It becomes. And for me, worship is something that's expressive. It's something that gets out there. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to show it to other people. Scripture talks about the religious folk. Sadducees who kind of like to be seen to be worshipping. Jesus told us in, 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 in the Lord's Prayer, go, go into your private room and pray. Sometimes if you want to go for it, go into a private, a private place and worship. Just go for it. Do you know what? Some, some of my one-to-ones with God, private worship times, when I've just sung, have been some of the most precious times I've ever had. Not in, in crowds of hundreds and thousands, but just me and God. He has put a new song in my mouth. He's put a new song in my pencil. He's put a new song in my spirit. Get it down, because you know what? It will become something more. When you read it again, it will come back to you and think, yes, that's true. And sometimes you won't agree with what you've written. You think, do you know what? God's more than that. You look at the words and you think, this isn't enough. I need to write more, because I've run out of words. That's what the Holy Spirit's so much for. And let's go on to look at another scripture about newness and new songs. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. You know what? God wants to do new things through us. Not just to us, through us. He wants us to be the custodians of his grace and his mercy. God has one plan A, and that plan A is the church. He doesn't have a plan B of church B or another name. You know, his plan is the church. His, his work, his hands in action through you and me. And if God says he's going to do a new thing, sometimes that will mean that you and I are the agents of change. You and I are carrying, to, carrying the resource, carrying the capacity, carrying the right words. We come and we say something to somebody else. We prophesy into their lives. We speak God's comfort, exhortation, and strengthen to others. And that switches on a light for them. And suddenly their world has changed. Now that's what I believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for. They're for turning on the world as God speaks through us to others. It helps us to start to realise that we are men and women of faith. And scripture would say to us, I, I, I would that all would prophesy. You don't have to have a PhD in, in your Christian faith to be able to prophesy. 
In fact, I believe, if I think about my early walk as a Christian, I believe I prophesied before I spoke in tongues. I didn't know about that at the time, but I spoke forth a word that was encouraging to somebody, and it's only with deeper understanding I realized what that was. And so let me encourage you, if God's put a new song in your heart, be ready to speak it and share it. If, if God is speaking to you and, and you share it with someone else, please do it as God leads you to. And especially in the house of faith, in the church. In Joshua chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And this is as I draw things to a close then. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan was overflowing its banks during the time of harvest. And the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam and the city that was beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over to the opposite Jericho. As they stepped into the Jordan, the waters piled up, but they required to step into the water. I believe if they stood on the side of the Jordan and waited for the water to part, nothing would have happened. They had to show faith. They had to take a step of faith. They had to take a step into something. They had to get their feet wet. I don't know what you're like when you, if you go to the seaside at this time of year, whether you just look at the waves and think, oh, that's nice, or whether you still want to paddle and you take your shoes off. And, okay, yeah, and, uh, sorry, Simon, it's the power lead on the one underneath. Yeah, thanks. And uh, when you go and you look at the water, you kind of think, that's nice. And you stand at a distance, or whether you still think, I still want to get my feet wet. And you take your shoes off and you take your socks off and then you cautiously put your toe in the water. Oh, that's cold. I just want to encourage us. Let's not have that kind of attitude to take in a step of faith. If God's asking you to cross over, step into it. Step into it with faith. Step into it with confidence. Step into it with boldness. And let's see what God will do. Because God is doing a new thing. And if we're an expectant people... And I believe he will do more things. Because actually, once we've done something with something, God, something that God's given us, God gives us a word to share, a word of encouragement to someone, and we shared it to the people we, we felt we should share it with. Then our capacity is there to do more. And God will bring us more. And so let me encourage you as I, I wrap up today and do this. Because what should we do? We need to take a step of faith. In a time of expectation, in a time of expectancy, we need to take a step of faith and see that God will do a new thing. Let me pray. Father, as we look forward to a time of celebration, we celebrate and remember your arrival here on earth. We celebrate and remember the gift of the Son, your Son, Jesus Christ, who you sent as an agent of change to our world, as a sacrificial lamb on our behalf. And so, Father, as we journey into the season of Advent and looking towards Christmas, Lord, our hearts are ready with expectation. 
our hearts are ready with expectancy. And so, Father, do whatever it is that you need to do in our lives. Father, if you want to renew a, a connection. Father, if you want to start a new relationship. Lord, if you want to move us into uh, fields new, seasons new. And Father, our heart of expectation says we're ready. So speak to us, O Lord. Speak through us, O God. Help us to know what is on your heart for your people, for this church, Running Me Christian Fellowship, for the town of Egham and beyond, for the nation, for the people we spend time with, for our friends and for our family. Father, help us to be people who have ears that will hear and mouths that will speak. Help us to be men and women of action who will take steps and bring you glory. For I sense that God says, Behold, I do a new thing. Let it spring forth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.